Ever since the creation of the world and the fall of man, God has graciously spoken to sinful humans through chosen messengers called prophets. Through Noah, he warned the world of a coming flood. To Moses, he gave the Ten Commandments. Through Daniel, he predicted future events. Through John the Baptist, he pointed sinners to Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. What about right before Jesus returns? Will God speak again in these end times? The Bible predicts, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. The Bible predicts that God will have a special people in the last days who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. And this testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The Holy Bible has a lot to say about prophets. Prophets are people, just like you and me, that God chooses and speaks through, giving messages, guidance, warning, and encouragement. A few examples of Old Testament prophets are men like Noah, Moses, Daniel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and Ezekiel. Yet sadly, at least in Bible days, their prophetic messages were often despised and rejected, mainly because people just didn't want to hear what the prophets had to say. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ also spoke about prophets, both true prophets and false prophets. Let's take a look and see what he said. First, let's look at false prophets. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 11, 24, and 25, Jesus gave a series of solemn warnings. In verse 11, he said many false prophets would rise up and they would deceive many. Verse 24, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and they will show great signs and wonders insomuch that, if it were possible, they would deceive even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So Jesus has given us warning in advance about the danger of false prophets. False prophets are people that the devil speaks through. Their messages may sound sweet to many, but they are deceptive and people are misled. So what about true prophets? Are they just a thing of the past? Well, let's do some, uh, some research about this. First, in Matthew chapter 23, verse 34, right before Jesus warned about false prophets, this is what he said. Jesus said, Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. So, first of all, Jesus said, Look, I'm going to send you prophets. So this shows that there would be more prophets in New Testament times that would come. But it wouldn't be pretty. Jesus said, some of them you will kill and crucify. Just as Jesus himself was rejected, laughed at, mocked, scorned, and crucified, many of his own prophets would also suffer and die cruel deaths. But what about after the time of Christ, going farther into the New Testament? The book of Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 8 talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit that Paul said would be given to the church. The Bible says in verse 8 that when Jesus ascended to heaven, that he gave gifts to men. 
And then in verse 11, these gifts, or at least some of these gifts, are listed. Verse 11 says, he gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some evangelists, pastors and teachers. So prophets is listed there as a definite gift of the Holy Spirit. We see the same gift operating uh, in other passages in the New Testament, such as in the book of Acts. We read that evangelism is one of the gifts and so is the gift of prophecy. In Acts chapter 21, verse eight, there's a man mentioned whose name uh, was Philip, an evangelist. So he had the gift of evangelism. And then in verse nine, it says that this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. So these are uh, women, these are daughters of Philip, and they had the gift of prophecy, which was a true gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's two quick lessons we can learn from Acts 21. First of all, God isn't a chauvinist. He gives the gift of prophecy to men and to women sometimes. Fact number two, lesson number two, is that the women in Acts 21 verse 9, those four daughters of Philip, uh, they were not Bible writers. We can't go to one of their their books in the New Testament and read the book of this woman or this or that woman, uh, which tells us that a person can still be a true prophet or prophetess of God and yet not be a Bible writer like Peter, Paul, James, and John. Now, what about beyond New Testament times? What about going all the way down through the uh, stream of history, all the way down into these end times that we are living in right now? Personally, I've been a Christian for 38 years and I have never seen ever in my life so much confusion, so much anger in society, even in the media. And above all, uh, we see just deception everywhere. That's life today on planet Earth. So here's a big question. Will God speak again through the gift of prophecy in these final days before Jesus Christ returns? Surely it would make sense that he would. Uh, if there was ever a time that we, that we needed a direct word from the Lord, uh, it is today. Well, let me share with you some truths from the last book of the Bible, from the book of Revelation, that reveals to us that there will be a manifestation of a gift of prophecy in the final days. In Revelation chapter 12, and I love the book of Revelation, it's my favorite book. Revelation chapter 12 verse 17 talks about a remnant, a remnant people of God. It says the dragon representing the devil was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the remnant of her seed, a final group of, of God's people who keep the commandments of God and they have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So here's a remnant with the commandments, they keep the commandments and they have the testimony of Jesus. Now, what is this testimony of Jesus? When you turn a couple pages in, into Revelation chapter 19, we have an answer. It's an inspired answer. We don't have to guess. We don't have to be like a, a magician who pulls an interpretation out of a hat. Revelation 19.10 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is the voice of Jesus Christ. It says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's the voice of Jesus Christ speaking through the Holy Spirit, through the gift of prophecy down in the final days of history. Now, this is about to get very interesting because in the next few minutes, I am gonna actually identify by name a modern person who had that gift 
the gift of prophecy. But first, before I do that, I want to counter an objection to the whole idea of a modern prophet, uh, someone that directly speaks for God today. And that objection is based on a couple of verses at the, in the very last chapter of the Bible. Revelation chapter 21, verses 18 and 19, right before the end of the book. People sometimes quote this, and so let's take a look at it. The Bible says, John wrote, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Now, people sometimes quote these passages and they conclude, no more prophets. Uh, there can't be any more prophets, they say, because the Bible is closed. The book of Revelation is closed and that would be adding to scripture, they assume. But let's look a little bit closer because that's really not what these verses are really saying. Upon closer examination, we discover that this warning is a warning against adding to or taking away from the words of the prophecy of this book, which is the book of Revelation. Now, we've already read in this book, the book of Revelation, we've read that it has a prophecy in chapter 12, verse 17, that God would have a remnant people, a final people, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. And we've read in Revelation 19.10 that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, that it's a legitimate gift of the Holy Spirit manifested prophesying. So if a person reads these verses and then say, no more prophets, the Bible's closed, there can't be any more gift of prophecy, then what those people are really saying and really doing is they are taking away from the words of the prophecy of this book. And that's a solemn thought because if we do that, according to the last chapter of the Bible, we are in great danger of having our name taken out of the book of life. So let's let the prophecy stand. Let's let Revelation 12, 17 and 19, 10 and 22, 8, 18 and 19, let's let these verses stand as they are and let's realize that the book of Revelation predicts that Jesus Christ will manifest the spirit of prophecy in the last days of human history before he returns. Now, if you have watched the introduction to this program, you saw pictures of a woman named Ellen White. She was born in the year 1827. At the age of 17 in the year 1844, she had her first vision. And I'd like to read to you what she actually wrote about the vision that was given to her by God. She wrote a little book called Early Writings, which describes her earliest writings, and she has a lot of writings. Uh, and in, on page 13, it describes how in December of the year 1844, she said, I was visiting with some of, uh, some of her friends, some of her Christian sisters, and she says, in the morning, we all bowed around the family altar. So they were bowed down, they were praying to God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then she says, while I, she wrote, while I was praying, the power of God came upon me as I have never felt it before. I was wrapped in a vision of God's glory and I seemed to be rising higher and higher and higher 
from the earth. As she was rising higher and higher above this dark world, she looked for, for the people of God. And she said, I could not find them. And then a voice said to me, the voice said, look again and look a little higher. At this, I raised my eyes. Now, this is a, these are the words of a person who was 17 years old at the time. She said, I raised my eyes and I saw a straight and a narrow path that was cast up high above the world. On this path, she saw the people of God. They were traveling. They were traveling to the, to the holy city, which was the New Jerusalem, which was, at, which was at the farther end of the path. They had a bright light that was shining all along that path. And it says that this light was designed to give light to their feet so that their feet might not stumble. If they kept their eyes fixed on Jesus, who was just before them at the farther end of the path, leading them to the city, they were safe. But soon some grew weary and said the city was a great way off. And they expected to have entered it before. Then Jesus would encourage them by raising his glorious, his right arm, and from his, from his arm came a light that waved over the people that were on the path. And they shouted, Hallelujah! And yet others rashly denied the light. And they said it was not God that had led them out so far. The light behind them went out, leaving their feet in perfect darkness. Then the light went out, leaving their feet in perfect darkness. And they stumbled and lost sight of the mark and of Jesus, and they fell off the path down into the dark, wicked world below. Wow. This was the first of nearly 2,000 visions and dreams that this woman, Ellen White, received between 1844 and the year 1915 when she died. Now, let me just share with you a quick uh, series of fast facts. Fact number one, from the year 1844 to today, Literally millions of people around the world have read the, vis the visions of Ellen White. They have tested them by the Bible and found that they line right up with Scripture and they have accepted them as visions sent from God. Fact number two, Ellen White wrote over 40 books during her life and her writings have been translated into over 140 languages around the world. Fact number three, amazingly, Ellen White has become the most translated female author in the history of the world. And uh, fact number four is that the spring 2015 issue of the prestigious Smithsonian Institute magazine listed Ellen White as one of, quote, the 100 most significant Americans of all time. So the question for each of us to consider, for you to consider, for me to consider, for all of us to consider, is this, is Ellen White a false prophet? Uh, just like the false prophets that Jesus warned so strongly about in Matthew chapter 24, verse 11 and verse 24 and 25? Or could she be, is she a true prophetess like the four women in Acts chapter 21, verse 9, who were the uh, daughters of Philip the evangelist who had the gift of prophecy? Which one, false prophet or true prophet? Even more important is her 70-year ministry and all her visions and dreams. Uh, is, is this a direct fulfillment of Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, that talks about a remnant who would have the testimony of Jesus Christ? 
Revelation 19.10, which predicts that the testimony of Jesus would be the spirit of prophecy. And thus we have a prediction that God will manifest the spirit of prophecy in these last days. Are these prophecies in God's book, were they fulfilled and are they being fulfilled in the ministry of Ellen White? Big question. Well, how can we tell? Uh, thankfully, uh, we don't have to just guess or be deceived one way or the other. God himself has given us a true test, a test in his word so we can uh, decipher and discern whether Ellen White is a true prophet, prophetess, or a false prophet. And that test is right here. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20. Let me read this to you. The Bible says, this is the, a statement from another prophet, Isaiah. He said, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, if anybody comes along and doesn't speak according to the word of the Lord, it says there is no light in them, no light, which would imply that if they do speak according to this word, that there is light in them from God. And our work, our task, our challenge is to test the statements and the words and the writings of those who claim to have a prophetic gift and to test them by scripture to see whether they line up or whether they don't. Perhaps the greatest or at least uh, one of the most monumental, most important books that Ellen White ever wrote in her uh, 70, approximately 70 years of ministry is a book called The Great Controversy. The Great Controversy Between Jesus Christ and Satan. This book is an amazing book. It deals with history and prophecy, starting with the catastrophe that overwhelmed Jerusalem in 70 AD because many Jewish leaders rejected Jesus as their savior and as the Messiah. And then it goes down into the history of the early Christian church and many compromises that took place as time went on, which eventually led to a tremendous apostasy and into a period called the Dark Ages. And then the great controversy moves into the Protestant Reformation. It talks about the lives of people uh, like Martin Luther and, uh, and Huss and Wycliffe and Jerome. And then it goes down into the rise of the United States of America. And then to the final scenes of Bible prophecy that are predicted in the book of Revelation. It describes in great detail the second coming, the 1,000 years, the final great white throne judgment that we read about in Revelation chapter 20. And then the lake of fire where the lost meet their doom. And then the great controversy concludes with a beautiful picture of a new heaven and a new earth, which are described in Revelation chapter 21 and 22, where all sin and pain and suffering are all gone and God's love rules forever. It's very exciting and I have read this book uh, many times. Now, here's my point. Chapter 37 of the great controversy is called The Scriptures a Safeguard. And let me just share a paragraph with you uh, about what Ellen White wrote about how important it is that we test everything by the Bible. She starts out in this chapter by quoting Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20, which says, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Now this is her comment. She says, the people of God are directed to the scriptures as their safeguard against the influence of false teachers and the delusive power of spirits of darkness. Satan employs every possible device 
to prevent men from obtaining a knowledge of the Bible, for he knows that its plain utterances reveal his deceptions. So the devil doesn't want people reading the Word of God. And then it says that the last great delusion is soon to open before us. That Satan is now putting forth his utmost efforts for a final struggle against Christ and his followers. Then it says Antichrist is to perform his marvelous works in our sight, which you can read about in Revelation chapter 13 and also Revelation chapter 16 and chapter 19. Antichrist is to perform his marvelous works in our sight. So closely will the counterfeit resemble the true that it will be impossible to distinguish between them except by the Holy Scriptures. By their testimony, every statement and every miracle must be tested. And I tell you, that's good advice. So in this book written by Ellen White, who claimed to be led by the Lord, she directs people to this book. She quotes Isaiah 8.20 to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. And she encourages everyone to take every statement and every miracle from a miracle worker or from any teacher out there, including herself, and to test these, these statements and miracles by the word of God. And that's what we encourage you to do. We encourage you to, to check them out and to test Ellen White's writings by the Word of God and to see if they, if they agree or if they don't. This is program number one in a series which we are calling God Speaks About. Today I'm simply introducing Ellen White to you as a legitimate, end-time, Bible-based prophetess of God who truly speaks for the Lord. In future programs we will discuss some big events that are happening right now in this world what the Bible, the Holy Bible, has to say about them, and specifically what Ellen White wrote about these events or what she saw in dreams and visions. And I am uh, thoroughly convinced that this is information that I need and that you need, that we all need to know. And as we look at these topics in future programs, uh, you will discover that what Ellen White wrote lines up with the Bible and that what she predicted over a hundred years ago is happening right now. I tell you, it's going to be very interesting to look at these different events and these predictions. For more research, Whitehorse Media recommends, first of all, a little pocketbook called God Speaks Before the End of the World that explains Ellen White's life, her visions, her dreams, and her ministry based upon God's Word, what the Bible actually says. Whitehorse Media also recommends for beginners a series of books. The first of which is a little book which I've read many times. I've read, I'm actually reading this book, my wife and I reading this to our children, and it's called Steps to Christ. Steps to Christ, this little book is a classic that talks about God's love, it talks about prayer, confession, repentance, faith in Jesus, uh, the new birth, obedience to Christ, uh, rejoicing in the Lord, having hope of heaven, all based upon the Bible. This little book has been translated into over 140 languages. It's around the world. And then there's another book called The Desire of Ages, which is actually the very first book that I read that brought me to Jesus. Uh, and that's how I became a Christian, was through reading this book based on the life of Jesus Christ. And then, of course, we strongly recommend the book 
the great controversy. If you Google Ellen White, you will find lots of information that's out there on the World Wide Web. Yes, you will find some websites that think that, that she was a false prophet, but you'll find others that are equally convinced that she was a true prophetess from the Lord. Now, in your research, especially as you, uh, if you encounter some of these anti-Ellen White websites, remember this. In Bible days, true prophets were often criticized, rejected, laughed at, mocked, and, and uh, persecuted. And it's the same today. It's the same today. If you want solid answers to Ellen White's critics, or if you want to read many of her books for free, right on the internet, you can go to the website whiteestate.org. That's whiteestate.org. I'd like to close this program with one more section I'd like to read to you uh, from a little book called Testimonies for the Church, Volume 9. Ellen White wrote nine of these testimonies that deal with her visions, her dreams, and the Bible, and the future, and Jesus, and his second coming, and the new earth, the plan of salvation, a whole host of things. And uh, let me read to you volume 9, page 11. This is what she wrote. The chapter is called, For the Coming of the King, The Last Crisis. We are living in the time of the end. The fast-fulfilling signs of the times declare that the coming of Christ is near at hand. The days in which we live are solemn and important, and isn't that the truth? The Spirit of God is gradually but surely being withdrawn from the earth. Plagues and judgments are already falling upon the despisers of the grace of God. The calamities by sea and land, which we see in the news all the time, and the unsettled state of society, the alarms of war are portentous or ominous. They forecast approaching events of the greatest magnitude. The agencies of evil are combining their forces and they are consolidating and we can surely see that around us. They are strengthening for the last great crisis. Great changes are soon to take place in our world, and the final movements will be rapid ones. And I tell you, that is exactly the truth. We are gonna see big changes in our world that will soon take place, and the final movements bringing us to the return of Jesus Christ, they will be rapid ones. The Bible is very, very clear that Jesus Christ loves us. He loves you and he loves me and he gave his life on a cruel cross for our sins. He paid the full price for our salvation and he longs to save us by his mercy and his grace. Now is the time to accept him as our savior. Now is the time to follow the Bible. Now is the time to walk on that narrow road that Ellen White saw high above the world, that, that path heading toward the New Jerusalem. She saw Jesus at the end of that path, standing right there in front and encouraging his people to keep their eyes fixed on him, to keep going, and not to fall off to the wicked, dark world below. White Horse Media wants to go on record as stating that uh, Jesus Christ is alive today, that he's not silent in these end times. As in Bible days, once again, he is now speaking through the writings of his humble servant, Ellen White. You need these writings. I need these writings. We all need these writings. So we encourage you to check them out, to uh, test them by the Bible, to see what the Word of God says, and to realize that Jesus Christ is coming very soon. He wants us all to be ready, and we want you to be ready, we want to be ready, so we can meet him when he comes in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The life-changing resources mentioned in today's program are available to order from Whitehorse Media. To order, call us at 1-800-782-782. 
1-800-782-4253. That's 1-800-782-4253. You may also write to us at Whitehorse Media, P.O. Box 130, Priest River, Idaho, 83856, or order online at whitehorsemedia.com. We hope you enjoyed today's message by Steve Wolberg. We feel privileged to be a part of God's commission to share the gospel with the world. You too can be a part of our gospel outreach team by supporting messages just like these with your financial gifts. We strive to be careful with every dollar that we receive, knowing these donations are sacred gifts to build up God's kingdom of grace and salvation. To find other great resources or to donate online, go to whitehorsemedia.com or you can call us at 1-800-78-BIBLE. That's 1-800-782-4253. You can follow us on Twitter at Whitehorse7 or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Wolberg. That's Steve, W-O-H-L-B-E-R-G. If you prefer to contact us by mail, write to Whitehorse Media, P.O. Box 130, Priest River, Idaho, 83856. Thanks for your support, and may God richly bless your day.